Hey, everyone. Welcome to the new media show. My name is Todd Cochran. Of course, uh, I'm joined by my co-host, Mr. Rob Greenley. And we've got a special guest today, Rob. Yes, we do. Danny Pena has joined us. Hall of Fame podcaster, Gamertag Radio. Um, You know, he's been around the medium a long time. I first met Danny when I was working at Microsoft. And he was getting into podcasting in the early days of the medium. And he's always been a, a, a great and positive individual. And... We're always honored to have him on the show. So you're such a great evangelist um, Thanks, in the podcast. Surrounded, surrounded by I, legends. Surrounded by legends. Well, you are. I appreciate it so much. You, so, you so are one of the, the legends. Show. Yeah. You're, you're what's, a, what's that? He's a legend in his. I shouldn't say in his own right because that's kind of a neg. No, you are. A, you're a legend in podcasting as well, Danny. Don't don't shortchange yourself. <laughs> right. <laughs> Thanks a lot, man. No, I haven't been on here. It's been a couple of years. I think the last time I was on, I was promoting my documentary that I made a lot. Yeah. Like, it was like three or four years ago, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. That was, yeah. so, you know, didn't you just have a big, you had something big happen recently, right? Didn't you yes. Just- it's been, it's been a couple of things last year, you know, due to the situation that we're in right now, I, I've been, uh, you know, creating more content more than ever at home remotely. And uh, just a couple of weeks ago, I had uh, Keanu Reeves on our show and oh, also interviewed him right. um, for Telemundo. Yeah, it was for a game called uh, Cyberpunk 2077 that just came out uh, back in early December. So I had him on. That was like super random. I was not expecting that to happen, but it was good. Seeing podcasting is always, uh, you know, you always get surprises like that, man, you know. So uh, that's one. Another one is actually at the end of this month is going to be my 20th year as a content creator. Cause back then I, I know Rob used to do the same thing back then, but I used to do internet radio back in the early two thousands, early two mm-hmm. thousands before podcasting. So I, yeah. I have a lot of the old content from that back then. And I'm planning to like releasing it throughout the year. And also next month is our 16th year on gamer tag radio. So I'm very excited to, to announce what we have planned for, for next month. That's going to be pretty big for us, too. So very, very exciting. You know, um, you guys have been at it for a while. You've got a team. You guys you guys have really been knocking out of the park for a long time and being on the leading edge. Um, and so you guys are approaching 16 years. She said, said next month? So, next month, yeah, uh, February 25th. So you guys started in 05 then. Which yes, yeah, oh five, yeah. yeah. I, I had, I mean, I like I said earlier, I, I used to do the internet radio, but I didn't know how to do um, podcasting back in like oh four, right, early 05. right. Um, so I had to download an RSS feed from one of my friends that had a podcast, and I had to manually change <laughs> everything to my uh, podcast in there, and that's how I learned everything that through just doing it like that, you know, and and just depending on on the third-party applications that was back then available. And I know there was a Podcast Pickle, there was a Podcast Alley. So I was depending on that. So when I found out, I think it was in July of 2005, that's when iTunes added podcasting uh, to the platform. And that helped us out a lot back then to get even more, more listeners. You know, But the tricky part was telling people that they could listen to the show just through the computer without having an iPod. You know, people thought that they needed one a device just to listen to, sh- to podcasts at that time. So it was crazy, but now it's a lot easier now. You know, sometimes yeah, I, I sometimes true. I wish people would still have to manually create their SS feed the first time, but I, 
I'm joking. I'm joking. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't know how many times I broke my RSS feed, though, because I put the wrong comma yeah. character into my RSS feed, right? Yeah. <laughs> But you know, I'm I'm you know I'm just uh, you know reflecting back. It's it's been an incredible ride, and I'm going to hit 1,500 episodes on my personal show on Thursday. And wow, you know, it's just like you start doing the math on how many hours you put in a per episode and all the stuff that goes along with it. And then you know you kind of do a I did a rough calculation a couple of years ago of how many listener hours people had actually listened to the podcast. And when you're in the millions of hours, listening hours, or tens of millions, maybe hundreds of millions of listening hours for yeah. people that listen to your show. I think, Danny, I think you probably can attest to this as more than anyone because you built this amazing community. You guys are in these, in your fans' heads like hardcore. So you've had huge, 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 huge influence on the gaming community. And, and you know, you guys have done stuff before we've done meetups and had huge numbers of people show up. So I think a lot of podcasters could take some lessons from what you guys do. Yeah. And, and I learned that when I used to be involved with the music industry back in the nineties, the face-to-face -face interaction. And that is like, to me, the most powerful thing I know right now we can do that. I hope we could do that in the future, but I, I miss that. That's one thing that I truly, truly miss about last year is just seeing my friends meeting up with our community members everywhere. You know, like I even have stories of just me going to the store, Best Buy or Walmart, and people, they're like, hey, Danny, randomly will come up to me saying, hey, I listened to your show. There was even one uh, story that years ago, my co-hosts, we, we got invited to go to uh, to Paris um, in France to uh, check out like a game over there for a studio. And we were, the, my co-hosts were flying back from Paris to the States, and there was a listener there in the same flight he's like hey guys i'm a huge fan i just want to say hello you know like so you never know who, who listens to you man you never know I, I think just because you're not getting that that email or that comment to your blog or your youtube channel or whatever like there's people that listen to you and they just stay quiet maybe they're just too shy to interact with you you know um so you just got to give it time to people man like i have i still to this day i have people that will contact me and my crew saying long time listener first time caller you know first time contacting you guys so you just got to give them time man for people to open up and 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 hit you up you know so hey, even if it's only a download that to me that's that's good you know so i think too is um and maybe rob can attest to this i've been i mean where i've gotten i wouldn't say accosted it's not accosted that's the wrong word to use but in chicago i go through chicago airport I've I've met more of my listening audience in Chicago at at O'Hare than anywhere else because they see you walking and they come over and kind of like hey, Todd and you're kind of like who, who are you <laughs> you know and uh, they know you but you don't know them but very quickly you you know you kind of connect and it's it's cool to have those moments but um yeah wow so 16 years you guys are definitely OG as well. So, right. so Danny, how did you adapt to this big change uh, of not being able to get in front of people? I know, I mean, Todd and I and many in the industry have, you know, converted everything to doing online um, type stuff. I mean, is that the same thing that you've done as well? I mean, what's been your experience and how do you see us coming out of all this? Well, when it comes to 
creating content, we've been getting a lot of um, company hitting us up for us to play their games early. But the way how we play it is through cloud cloud streaming. So they right. have um, the game available at a server, and we'll play the game through the PC, and we'll get you know they capture it locally, and they'll send you this, they'll send us the the video content. Um, maybe like a, a, the same day or a couple of days later. So from there, we could talk about the content on a podcast. We could post the videos on different uh, social media platforms, like stuff like that. We've been doing a lot. Another thing, too, is just having conversation of, of what's going on. Like I, I do that all the time with my with my uh, co-hosts. But one of the things that helped us out last year, too, was um, when we hit our we were about to hit like a 1000 episodes. And I had the head of Xbox, uh, Phil Spencer back in february mm-hmm. and while he was in japan he tweeted that he was he himself announced it that he was going to be on our show without us saying anything and uh he linked he linked to the podcast linked to, our, to all of our accounts and people were super surprised because that was the the beginning of xbox marketing their next gen console before they went to like a major uh media outlet they went to us first so we were the mm-hmm. the first group to started having that conversation with Xbox and and we had a sit down with him for like almost 45 minutes and it went viral a lot of the major media outlets picked it up the non gaming sites you know like Forbes and those like tech tech blogs picked it up too so doing things like that I think helped us to um, to get more opportunities so a, a lot of the other companies been contacting us to to do interviews to do hands on we even got the Xbox console a month before it even came out so we got it. Um, I got it like October first, and my co-host too. And uh, and the mm-hmm. console came out around November. So we had a whole month of just hands-on impressions, talking about different games. How was the the experience? And one thing that I did because I, I'm always about um, getting my community involved. We have a uh, a first responder in New York City that he's a huge gamer. He's a huge fan of our show. And I wanted to do something special. So I, I asked Microsoft if it was okay for him to get hands-on to the system for the first time. And I wanted him to be the first consumer to get that experience, right? So I, I told him, hey, I'm going to be in the studio in New York. We're going to do a meetup. So I totally surprised him. We had cameras everywhere. Um, and uh, he went there not knowing what was going to happen. He thought he was going to meet up, get together. And I told him, hey, look, you're going to be the first consumer in the world to get hands-on on the Xbox console. And I want you to just ha- have a, a great time for like an hour, play it, mm-hmm. change the games, whatever you want. And at the end of this, we're going to have a conversation. So we posted that video online. That video went viral. And I also recorded a podcast, a one-on-one sit-down with him. And he was telling me his story, like, um, how was it before getting to to the studio? How was it playing with the console and everything? So there's different ways to create content. It doesn't always have to be interviews, you know. So I always like to think outside of the box and also try to get my community involved. So um, another thing that I did too, um, when everything, when the country shut down, I asked a question to our community on the podcast. Like, what is it? What is the game that you're playing right now that's helping you during quarantine? And tell us mm-hmm. why so other people could try it out and do the same thing. So... People have been sending us voicemails, emails, and we've been posting it. And it felt like everybody was in together, man. Nobody felt like left out, you know. So that was something really cool that, that happened throughout uh, 2020 for us. I, I do have to ask, when you get the Xbox a month before it's available and you've signed 
your life away. I'm sure you've signed NDAs. <laughs> oh, yes. A lot or, of NDAs. You know, a lot of, a lot of legal lease. Um, yeah. What kind of box does it come in? <laughs> does it come oh, like no. a... This one was the retail box, the official retail. Yeah. So wow. I, so this what happened. We got I got the the retail box and they told me we could do it unboxing, but I can't release it. <laughs> I, I can't release it to like closer to launch. So right. I had it for like almost a whole month, that video. But what I was allowed to talk about, like certain features, oh. um, how was the playing certain games, the, the so every game had an a different embargo. So I had Different embargoes for like almost every week. Wow. Two, three games. Yeah. Or different features. I was allowed to talk about the console. So <laughs> it was new. It was new to Microsoft too. Because they have never done that. Usually companies send us um, products maybe like two weeks in advance. Right. But right. I think, and I even talked about this on our show. I think the reason why that happened was there was no events throughout the year. So there was a lot of budget, not only for Microsoft, but every company that was trying to promote their products. So why not invest that and send it out to content creators, big and small? Sure. It doesn't have to be the big ones, you know? So um, I, I think that's why Microsoft did that um, and, uh, and and sent all those consoles super early, you know? So they had they have different waves. So uh, we were like in the first wave when we got the, the console during that time. So there was probably limitations on what parts of the experience that you could actually talk about. Was there any limitations or was it pretty much open to you reviewing all parts of it, software and hardware? Well, it was one of the longest NDA parcels <laughs> that I have right. seen. So there were certain, it was planned. So it was certain things I was allowed to talk about every week. So right. for the whole month of October and also November, there was stuff to talk about every single week, you know. So right. it was cool. Mm -hmm. It was going and but the day the day that I recorded that um that uh, uh surprise to our community member, I released it the day of the embargo where everybody was talking about the console, but I did some I did something different. I wanted the, the, the uh, community member to talk about it, you know. So that content got the most uh, attention out of a lot of other content creators out there. Because it was something different, you know. It was getting um, feedback from from one of our community members, you know. So, uh, and so it, was it was breaking cool news, that, right? I mean, I mean, you were breaking details on features. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. It was and, tapping and the good thing is, so, I'm happy that Microsoft allowed me to do that. You know, they gave yeah. permission. It so, cool. what other really strategies good. are you taking to reach new audience now that maybe you didn't do before the COVID? That's a good question. Besides the content, last year, a lot of the, a lot of the, gaming websites, major gaming websites, has been contacting not only me but also my co-hosts, and we've been mm -hmm. also uh, uh, guests, featured like on different websites or different podcasts, and that helped us to get a whole whole new audience to be on their on like on their shows too. And, right. Okay. Uh, that helped us out a lot. Yeah. You besides of the content. You know, one thing I'm looking at is CES is always a big content time for me. If, you know, typically I would be gone. I would be in Vegas right now. Right. Um, you know, and we would be setting up the broadcast studio tomorrow, or actually we'd be set up today and we'd be ready to go live tomorrow for all the media events and, you know, be ready to rock and roll. And mm -hmm. I would have started in early November starting to book guests because we put through 200 people through the door in, in five days, they get 15 minutes and boom, bing, 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 bing. You know, it's, it's a, it's a machine. Mm -hmm. I would have probably three, four 
thousand emails that would have already hit my inbox. So far, I've kept track this year, and CES starts on Monday, the virtual right. event. I've got exactly yep. 300 emails in my CES folder. For, so it tells me that this is, I mean, this is like the mother load for us. We do, we do 7 million views on all that content. And it's like the gift that keeps on giving. It feeds the shows that are involved for a whole year. And right. one of my team members is working on our live stuff for next week, but it's, it's nothing. There's no re outreaches. And I've been telling companies, don't send me your press release on the 11th. You know, you should have sent it to me three weeks ago so we could have it prepped and ready to release. And I, I don't think companies are really fully understanding how to handle this, this uh, time we're in because it, it, the PR, you know, PR people would be ringing my phone off the hook. Come see me. Come, we want to see you. Right. So now I've been every time there's a new uh, someone sending me a product announcement, I'm like I'm I'm not doing anything unless you send me product, send me product, and if I will send it back if you want it sent back. Mm -hmm. But I got a demo room set up here, all this stuff ready to go to do hands on with their stuff with them on a screen just like that, and they don't get it. I said bring you in via Skype, bring you in via Zoom or whatever, and we can have a conversation about the product. Now I have it right here and they their minds are blown they don't they, they don't get it so i think a lot of companies are having there's probably a business there i think a lot of companies are having challenges and trying to get the word out but i'm glad microsoft at least in your point danny was progressive enough to say man we we need to this is this is not going to be the same type of a launch this is going to be a, a digital launch and it's not only it's not only Microsoft. One, one thing that I also noticed uh, last year that helped out not only for us but a lot of the other content creators of color is um, when the whole protests of uh, Black Lives last year. Like I was uh, really involved with that, and and, and other um, content creators in the gaming industry, uh, we noticed the change that now companies are hitting up not only the well-known content creators, but also up-and-coming content creators. Because, look, for me, back then, when I started in 05, it was challenging for us to to get the word out about the podcast. Like, I remember going up to a couple of companies at E3. They looked at me weird, and they right. asked me how many downloads. I'm like, ah, no, we don't want to work with you, you know? So yep. that was challenging back then. And there's people still to this day that they don't know what to do, how to do it, how to get connected, especially now that we're not going to events, how can they do it? You know, and yep. one of the advice I tell people is continue creating content, continue creating content, do it the right way. I'm not saying to be, you know, kissing butt or anything like that, mm -hmm. but just be yourself, you know? And I think once um, you start connecting with other people through social media, that maybe they'll start working in the, in the industry, they're going to give you the opportunity. You know, a lot of people have been blowing up especially in 2020, because now companies like PlayStation, Microsoft, Nintendo, uh, even even third-party companies are now uh, changing the way how they market and how they're uh, uh, promoting their, their products to people. It's not how it used to be back then. Oh, let's just send a press release and that's right, it. Like, right. you said, like you said, Todd, to me, the best experience is having the hands-on. Gotta have it. It's gotta have it. You know, like that to me is like, the right. right way, and I'm talking to my community. Yeah, it's not in the millions like, like a website like IGN, right? But we we 
in my opinion, my my website, my podcast, we um, talk to a crowd that I feel an IGN or a bigger website can't reach. They trust us in a different way than another major media outlet. You know? So I think if something that's why sucks, you're going to tell them it sucks. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's well, it's called trust and authenticity is the big thing. One other thing that kind of symbolizes this change that's happened is I don't know if you guys heard last week, but StreamYard got acquired for two hundred and fifty million dollars. Yeah. <laughs> talk about talk. You know, that's a sign of how things have changed um, in a dramatic way. And look what's happened to Zoom's business. I mean, their stock's going through the roof. Um, it's this shift that's finally happened. Todd, you, you and I have been doing this show for 10 years, right? Um, finally, the rest of the world's kind of catching up here and it's catching up fast. <laughs> it's true. And in your example of CES is an example of, of companies that are still struggling with struggling. this concept of, you know, doing things online more. This, um, the story I like yeah. to tell too is, you know, in the early days of GoPro, the first year GoPro went to CES they got just a handful of interviews, you know, right. they didn't get many. And I went in there and spent time and we talked with their CEO and their product manager. And we, I mean, we spent time like two, three hours in that booth mm -hmm. and, uh, then they exploded, but they always remembered, you know, that opportunity that we had taken with them to cover what they were doing. And I, I remember some of those videos getting massive, Massive download or massive. Not, not, we we released it as a podcast and released it on YouTube, and mm -hmm. those 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 videos did wonderful. And uh, but what happens with these companies is GoPro got big really fast. I went from you know the twenty by twenty to hundred by hundred. You know, boom! They went to a big booth. They they blew up fast. Yeah. Yeah. And so then the PR people came in, and I'm sure Danny, you love the PR people. They. <laughs> <laughs> because then they become the gatekeepers of access to content. You know, they're there to protect executives and everything else. And I'm like, hey, you know, tell so-and-so I'm here. And he give you that look, you know. I'm like, please go tell him I'm here. And they would walk in the back and tell him. And the guy would come out and grab me. And the next thing I'm in VIP having a, you know, having a sandwich. And we're sitting back, kicking back, talking about new product releases. So it's my opinion PR people have not yet adopted either because for right. years I was getting business, you know, and for those of you that don't do any events for me, when I, and I, I don't have an example here cause I have a business card laying here, but when I would do an interview, I'd get a business card and it would be the CEO. It would be the product manager. It would be director of sales, whoever it was, but then right. time shift and I would get, the PR agency's business card. I'm card, like, and I'm like right. no, 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 no. This is no good. I want his business card. So we made it a requirement and we, our green room person specifically asked because otherwise we would end up with, um, junk, you know? So I got very, very frustrated. It's part of the reason we scaled back stuff that we were doing at CES was because the PR people were doing more harm than good when it came to, yeah, you know, we're we're there to give these people. I've spent twenty five thousand dollars to bring a team, and I got another month's worth of work after the show to to put this stuff out. And you're restricting me access. Samsung, burn every. I'll never go into another Samsung booth. You know, because of how they treated us. They let it. it so 
I, I don't know. I, Danny, I don't know if you run into that at the events you go to, but it was part of my frustration. But now they have no choice because we're not there. The smart ones are reaching out and. Yeah. Yeah. You, you well, know what's I'm, the most challenging part is you have a group of PR team that from a company, you have a strong relationship with them, but in every industry, they move around, they go everywhere. So every time they leave, a new person comes in. And <laughs> maybe it's a younger person that doesn't know anything about, about um, us podcasting for a long time. And we have to start from scratch sure. because um, right. we have to start building that relationship again with, with them and everybody else that started working for any company. You know? So because everybody started moving around. But here's the positive thing is that the, every industry is small. And other people will recommend, hey, you should talk to so-and-so. You should uh, get the opportunity. Let them um, review your product, do an interview. So it goes around. It goes around a lot, man. So that's a good thing. Yeah, a lot of those those larger PR firms, they're they're basically there to, to filter access um, to only the, the larger media entities. That's been the old model. Um, and... And a lot of them were doing it for risk and reward um, basis, right? So they were seeing their clients as only wanting them to direct them to the bigger media outlets, right? Um, so when Todd walks in the, the door, he's not seen as CNET or something like that. And that's why they they treat him like that. Um, and that's, that's not very enlightened uh, view of... <laughs> of how to treat new media because new media has a lot more influence than a lot of PR companies realize. Um, I don't know, Todd, that's probably exactly what you've experienced. Yeah. So just so you know, Danny and Rob can see me, but I had Rob on the main screen and I was waving at our guest. The, my cat decided he wanted to try to interrupt our show again, Rob. <laughs> So uh, he's not banished to the kitchen right now, but he's about to be, uh, you know, anyway, he was stepping on the mixer. Todd, <laughs> you should get your cat, his own microphone here and uh, come I, and join us. I need, a, I need a, pl a plexiglass box to put over the mixer because it's up high. So your cats like to be up high. and That's right. And uh, walk across walk it, across right? Stuff. Change all the settings. Hitting the solo button. Yeah, but anyway, jeez, <laughs> my God, this happened twice this week. So anyway, um, yeah, I, I, I think that uh, the PR companies that adapt and understand that um, for those of you that have never went to an event, it's one of my like 13 things every podcaster should do. So you, so you should be going to events that are in your space. If you're a gamer, you need to go to gaming events. If you're in business, you need to be going business events. You need to find out where your industry's at and you need to go there and talk to them and it, it'll help your show. But, uh, you know, I learned this out long, long time ago when we were doing that, when we started doing that with tech podcast and, and doing those events, um, it just added this whole new dynamic. You make these connections. I've got 5,000 names in a, you know, in my Rolodex. It's probably not a right word anymore. Contact list. And obviously those people move around, but like Danny said, there is some re-education, but some people there at companies a long time, and those inside connections are really, really important. Yeah. When you're trying. Yeah, you know what? One thing that helped us out was, um, you know, we we had a strong relationship with PlayStation back in the early days, right? And like I said earlier, a lot of people left, move around, everything, right? 
And one thing that helped us was um, our name got bigger and bigger throughout the years. And this year, they contacted us, and they also sent us um, their console, the new console, PlayStation 5, before it came out. So they sent it to my co-host, and they sent me, they sent me all, the, all the launch games for me to try out uh, before it came out, too. So, you know, eventually, if you start creating content, good content, and you start building relationship, it's going to go around, and companies eventually are going to contact you. You just got to give it some time, you know. And like you said, Todd, you know, CES is coming out now uh, on Monday. Why not, if you if you have a show that talks about just TVs or talk about just tech or anything, why not sign up and attend the event virtually and you get contacts from all those companies? And I think that's going to help you out too. But if you just create content, don't interact with nobody, just spamming everywhere, that's not going to help you. You're going to miss out a lot of big opportunities because of that. Because you're not you're not branching out. You're just stuck in, depending on uh, on so much on just spamming and the numbers and and that's it. You know, so you got to think outside of the box. I think you know? when I, when I was when the show was a little smaller and I was five years younger, you know, I would walk the floor with a camera. So I, I would I mean I had a couple guys with me or whoever was supporting and we would we'd walk every lane because. It was that 10 by 10 guy that's there's got his credit card maxed out. He's uh, got a prototype or he's got his first product. And he's, he's the guy that you're like, holy cow, look what you have done. And no one else is going to find him unless you're walking the halls. Cause he doesn't have a PR team. He, him and his wife are in the booth or a sister or something because that, he can't afford to pay anybody. And those are the type of folks that when I go to events like that, that have, and again, you walk by some stuff and you roll your eyes like, well, that was done five years ago. But at the same time, you run into stuff that you're like, whoa. And CES was real good about setting up an innovation area where you could go and look at all the innovative stuff. And for us, for my, for my personal show, it's just a goldmine of data, but not everyone's doing a tech show or a gaming show. So some of you may have a little bit harder trouble finding that event to go to, but there's got to be an event in the industry that you're doing your podcasting. There's an event for everything, but not right now, but you know, maybe next year. Yeah, so you know what happened to me? Uh, so I moved from Miami and I went back home to New York uh, two years ago or so, right? And I was like, hey, you know what? I'm going to go to meetup.com and I'm just going to search podcasts to see if there's any type of meetup or any type of events, I'm just going to show up, not saying anything, just, just, I just want to meet people, you know? So I did that and I went to a couple of meetups and they had no idea, no clue that I was, that was a podcast. <laughs> no idea. Podcasts were, no. So I just sat down and everybody having advice and I'm like, Oh man, that's a bad advice. And I'm just quiet not saying anything. <laughs> you know? So then, so then eventually, um, I told them what I was doing and, and you know, told them about my history and, and the podcast and then everybody, okay, okay, we got to definitely got to talk to Andy and this and this and that, you know, so right. but it's good to do that. You know, I, I will just go out and just go to meetups, random meetups, because I, I want to, first, I want to see where everybody their head is at when it comes to podcasting. Another thing is, like I said, interaction, the face-to-face interaction. I love doing that all the time. So, but even if there is a, an event locally go you don't have to go to las vegas there's always especially like in new york there's a lot of events before all this been going on uh, right before quarantine they will always have events over there in new york and 
I would just show up and there's people that I met throughout the years that now they're working in, in, uh, in that industry in tech. Right. And I'm like, wow. And they know me and, you know, but I built that relationship before they started working at, at, at any company. You know, so you got to start doing that, man. I, I think that that's going to help you out. For upcoming pocket. You know, the, the problem though, Danny, is is that when you're sitting in the back trying to keep your mouth shut and bad advice is being given, oh, it's so hard just to bite your lip and bide your time because you don't want to be that dude, you know, that, uh, uh no, you're wrong. Uh, no, that's wrong because then you become an antagonist. So yeah, if you're an experienced podcaster and you go to an event, just hold your breath. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, let me. T- I'm gonna say a story, but I'm not gonna mention the name of the person because this person is is, uh, is really well known in the political <laughs> in the political area. You know, right, so, right. Politics. People know him uh, know him and her in the politics area. So, um, so I got hired for you know consulting work. You know, when it comes to podcasting and stuff, and I didn't know that that person was gonna be there too. And this person was saying. Oh no! You need to release. If you're going to launch a podcast, you have to have <laughs> a certain amount of episodes because when you release a certain amount of episodes, let's say five in the f- first day, because you're going to be in the top of the charts, and then you're going to go on the new and noteworthy. And I'm like, well, first of all, I-, I had to stop the conversation. I'm like, no, this is too much. I can't let them. On, I can't let them on slide. So I said, look, first of all, that. That doesn't matter. What matters is you have your content released once a week. Release like a trailer, like a little promo, right? That's good. And then release your episode, but save that content. So you have that week where everybody is still downloading your content. People are sharing it, you know, and then slowly release the other one. And that's that's content for you. It's <laughs> like you're just releasing content like that as a person that just started is the wrong way. The other thing is new, noteworthy, anything like when you're featured on, on the front page, that's manual. That's the team that will select a, a podcast that will put them on the front page. You know, like iTunes put it up uh, our show on the front page because we asked them if it was okay for them to do it, and it was all up to them. Mm-hmm. That was not because we were like on the top of the charts or we have so many downloads. No, it's because again that relationship that that I built right. throughout the years. You know, right. Spotify did this thing. It's like, all editorial, right? Yeah. yeah. Look, I, I remember that. This year, when everyone was just stuck home still, when it first started, right, I went to Spotify and I noticed they had like a COVID um, area where people could get the news, um, they get like different podcasts about what's going on. But also they had different genres there. It had tech, they had video games, and they put us in there too in that section. So if there's gamers that are stuck at home and they're, you know, they're bored, hey, go to Spotify. Look, these guys on the front page like... We didn't, I didn't send that request to, to Spotify to do that. Right. They did it on their own, you know, on their own. They did that, you know, so we can't, we can't, get, we can't let that one slide, Todd and Rob. We can't let companies or not companies, um, consultant people that so-called been in the industry for so long in podcasting, giving bad advice to people. Cause I think that right. in a way is going to hurt our industry because now companies are spending so much money thinking, oh man, so-and-so is getting 100 million downloads. Oh, let's see how many people are going to buy our product. Believe it or not, yeah. having a small group of listeners that are just, um, that are very huge supporters, even if it's 100, 500 people that listen to the right. show, that they want that. 10, 20 people that download your show, 
and buy their product, that's better in my opinion than someone that has sorry, someone that has over a hundred million downloads and not getting no type of no type of like sales, you know? So I just I, want to say I guess it's so frustrating when I when I hear this that the, advice the, from people. The, and if you're a PR person, yes. you, you just got smacked in the head five times. I, I've been saying the same <laughs> beep thing for the for the past fifteen years. Smaller yeah. audiences are more engaging. There's more there's more ROI out of it. The the audience appreciate number one that you you're taking the podcaster and you're recognizing him and maybe even sponsoring or giving him product or whatever it may be. Versus. I told this story on the show a couple of weeks ago. I had a $20,000 ad spend one spot on a particular high profile show. And I made the company sign a piece of paper where I told them they will get no performance out of this deal. And they can't ask for a refund, can't ask for a make good or anything. That one ad spot run and they got zero, zero referrals. And they came back later and said, oh, then we, we want some make goods. I'm like, here's a piece of paper you signed when I told you. So. Oh, I, man, and I said something because I'm reading the chat, and I know someone said that um, being featured is not grow your show. I 100% agree. Um, that's not the reason why we uh, became even bigger because of that. Because honestly, what helped us for me was engaging with the audience. Yeah. You know, uh, engaging with people, like I said, going to events and and start getting um, ex uh, uh, opportunities for us to get hands on with different products before it came out. That will help us. I'm just giving an example sure. that mm-hmm. that uh, yes, we've been featured a couple of times on, the, on our show, like on on iTunes and Spotify and all the platforms. But that doesn't mean that's the reason why we grew. That you know, it's cool. People will probably will see us on the front page, and maybe we'll get a small group of people that are new listeners. But the content is the key. It's right. The, the engagement is the key. It's not hey, I'm on the front page. Right. So yeah. Well, it's also getting on other uh, other media too. I know Danny, you've been pretty successful in getting on um, other shows and other other media properties that can give you exposure to new potential audience, right? And that's been a strategy that I've done over uh, for many many years. Is you know I don't turn down any invitation to join somebody on a podcast. I mean, as a guest, I mean everybody, and I'm I'm always open to that. Just because of that principle that I've lived under for a long time, I've done TV, I've done nationally syndicated radio show interviews, I've done all sorts of stuff. And you have to just be open to all that. And I know a lot of, and that's what a lot of PR people think now is that you only, you know, I'm going to get my client on the you know, the biggest radio show and everybody else just isn't, isn't relevant. Right. But it's the accumulation of the small shows, um, and the big shows is what really makes an impact. And I know you've done Danny, some recent things that I've seen on social. Um, I don't know if you want to talk about some of that and how you were able to get on some of these other shows. Yeah. Well, one thing I've been, um, been testing out for the past couple of years is cause look, I'm bilingual. I know Spanish. So, um, a lot of the major media outlets that has nothing will contact me because they want me to talk about games on on their show, right? So mm-hmm. um, I've been on TV all over Latin America. I've done that um, plenty of times throughout the years. I also, this year, I started working with Telemundo and I did a couple of segments for them about gaming because, again, they don't have, they don't have no... Um, 
no experience about games, right? About video games. So they wanted me to talk about the next gen console. Then I had Keanu Reeves on our show, and also I had that also for, for Telemundo. So right. it's good to do new things that, especially for me in the Latin American market, um, or in the Hispanic market here in the U.S. You know, I had a conversation with someone that works in the industry. He's PR, right? And we were talking about um, what I was doing that for, like, other um, outlets in the Spanish market. And he was like, Danny, you know what's crazy? We had a game that we wanted to promote um, to the media, right? Um, especially Latinos. And guess how many people in throughout the whole country we found that does this type of content in Spanish? And I'm like, how many? He's like, three. Whoa. I was like, I was like, wow. People are missing out. You know what mm -hmm. the problem is, Rob? I think everybody is always following the trends and they're not thinking about doing new things outside of the box. You know, right now is the hot thing. The hot thing now is what Clubhouse. Everybody, <laughs> oh, I'm Clubhouse, right? <laughs> I, look, it's cool. It's there, but I'm not gonna go use Clubhouse just because. Oh, let me try the new things. Not nah, I. I'm always thinking outside of the box. When you're unique and doing something new. That's not only going to help you, but that's going to help our industry. And we got to stop following trends, man. You know, try new things. Something is going to work. Something is not going to work. You know? Danny, you get into Clubhouse and to go into some of the podcasting groups, you will you'll end up like me. Oh, well, no, I'm already <laughs> like I, I, I know, I know, I know. <laughs> guys, I was just guys, teasing you. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to take a little bit of a contrary view on Clubhouse. Um, my experience over there is that it's just like anything else, right? At a, like a trade show or a conference, if if you want to have good information um, put out over there, we got to get in there and do it. We can't let these folks that don't have experience in there share with new podcasters how to do this stuff. We got to take an active position, and that's what I've been trying to do over there. But, but, uh, is get in there and share what the real 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 information is about how to do this stuff and not leave it up to someone else to, to do that. That maybe doesn't know, you know, the problem though, Rob is it's now, what do we have to follow? Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Yeah. We I agree. Be in Facebook hard. groups. We have you to be, know. you know, all this right. other stuff where all this, a it lot of it's the whack-a-mole that we've been playing a long oh, time. Todd, it, right. But, I mean, it's, but, yeah. but here's the, here's the thing I've run into and Danny, you know, maybe you're not, you're, you're a pure podcaster. I'm a podcaster, but I'm also a podcast host owner. So mm -hmm. when I come in and say something, it's like, oh, oh, he's biased, right? Oh, right. it's your opinion because you know you've got an agenda. Well, no, I've got. I want pod. Rob and I trade customers. We all trade customers. It's that it's going to wash out the way it's going to wash out. We want what's best for the podcaster. I send people to Libsyn. Right. Rob sends people to me. It's it's you know it it's the way it works. Because right. we want it, whatever's best for the podcast, but podcasters don't get that. Well, you and know? sometimes uh, podcasters feel like they need to change. Right. I mean, this happens more often than anything where podcasters feel like they, they, they need to change hosts. And I, I ask them, why? <laughs> why do you, you're, what you're getting right now, whether it's Blueberry or wherever, is yeah, feeding your needs, right? Why do you want to put yourself through that? And it's often I because mean, I, my show's right. not growing fast enough. And then you're like, let's do a 30 minute consult. And you're like, you right. go to their website and you can't even find a place to subscribe to their show. 
Yeah, I mean, so. <laughs> sure, it's con- contrary to what's in to some degree what's best for Lipson or what's best for the company I work for. But at the end of the day, my responsibility is to do what's right for the podcaster at the end of the day and build their trust. Yeah, yeah. And the way to build their trust is to look at what they're doing and say, changing hosts isn't going to grow your show. Right. You know, that yeah. if that's what your goal yeah. is. Now, granted, if you're wanting to do every, something technical with your show, maybe being here or there may be the right choice, but well, that's I, the only time. One, one thing that <laughs> yeah. I notice a lot of people do is they launch a show, they notice they're yeah. not getting no no uh, engagement or they don't see their show on the charts or whatever. So they'll delete that show, relaunch another show, thinking it's going <laughs> to help them grow. And it's like, no, that's not – first of all, it's going to be a hard uh, – it's going to be difficult for people to that's trying to discover new shows are going to find you because you're always shutting down your show and trying to relaunch another one, and it's just <laughs> right. it's just a bad 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 advice. And and honestly, look, I'm not saying that Clubhouse is like a bad thing. Right. I'm not saying that. I'm just giving an example yeah. that I am just tired tired of. And I've never been this way. I'm tired of people <laughs> just watching. It's the truth. Hey. It's we totally trend, sympathize we with you, right? But yeah, you could be successful without following the trend. Just be yourself. I think that to me is is a, a a better, more like a better success story than just like hey, clubhouse and front page and this and that. Like no, man, you could be successful without all those things, man. Like um, uh, uh what's his name, man? He has the the podcast network of all about horses. Um, yeah, Glenn. Uh, Glenn. Glenn. Yeah, yeah, he. He's doing things that nobody else is doing, and he's fine. Like he's yeah. doing good. He's knocking know? it so, out of the ballpark. That I would like to see more of that. Yeah, more of that. So, you know, and well, I think I did. It's focusing, it's focusing on the fundamentals. I think, right? Also, to some degree, right? People keep chasing the shiny thing instead of focusing on what may be perceived as hard work. I mean, some of this stuff is not always glamorous, right? Right. Um, but when you get that breakthrough, it can make a huge difference. And sometimes yeah. you don't know when it's coming. I know that that happened to my radio show many times. Like I got a listing. I didn't know it was coming in PC Magazine as one of the top web shows on the internet. And that just spiked my uh, my my audience. And then I got on the day of 9-11, my, my show that I was doing back and then – had more listeners on 9-11 attack. <laughs> I, I still have no idea why that happened than at any other time in the six-year history of that show. Um, it's just people were looking for information online. So sometimes the, those growth spurts happen in very unexpected times and ways, and you can't always predict it, but you got to put yourself in a position where you can be found and you're consistent and people trust you and, and rely on you to even get those opportunities. And sometimes you just don't know when they're going to hit. And going back to what you said, Danny, yeah. about being tired. I, I understand because yeah, I do too. it's, it's, you know, we, here's the thing. We both been living, we've all been living and breathing this thing 15, 16 years. Right. And we've seen stuff come and go. And yeah, maybe we just need to hire some 18-year-old mini-me's, you know, and let them go do that other stuff, you know. And so you got you got all the new stuff. I'm going to, you know, I don't want to say we're old curmudgeonins, but the basis of building a show and building your brand in 
doing the longevity and doing the grind and doing the work and doing all the things, the radio, the television, we've all done all of that. But right. when I tell a podcaster that I was for years on BBC, when I was living in Hawaii, they would call me, BBC Asia would call me and I would be at three o'clock in the morning, Mr. Cochran, hey, can you be on the radio here in uh, uh, 15 minutes? We want you to talk right. about this. I may not have had a clue what they wanted to talk about, but there was Google and I had 10 minutes after I had shook the cobwebs out of my ears to be able to Google and I, and I could talk for three minutes on any topic. Didn't matter what, but guess what? I got, I got to plug in BBC Asia. So you just have to open yourself up to any opportunity that's available and put yourself right. up. But I, I wouldn't have got BBC Asia unless I'd been on MSNBC doing stuff during live at CS. I wouldn't have got BBC. It, there's all these things that we did for the show that we wouldn't have got otherwise. And when I tell people that you just, you can't just do your podcast. You got to do more stuff. Right. Yeah. And you have to get involved in the community that you're in. Yeah. You know, Danny, you're a perfect example. Yeah, of absolutely. That. Yeah. yeah. Another thing too, like I don't, I stopped going to a lot of podcasting conferences. Uh, one, because I was super busy. I couldn't really attend. Uh, <laughs> but another thing is too, you know, every time I'll go to an event, I'll see, I'll see speakers that are giving bad advice. And I'm like, you know, not not against to the owners of the different um, conferences, but why are you giving opportunity for people that are hurting our industry? Why? What is the point? Is it because they're they look popular, or maybe because of their stats or, or, or fake stats? I don't know. But uh, a lot of fake but stats. But but it's like we have to stop doing that. Why not get speakers, big or small, that? Are doing the right things that's going to help our industry. That's the part that I, I eventually I'm going to stop supporting people that are going to be supporting people like that that's hurting us, you know, because we've been working hard for so many years and there's people that just started yeah. and giving bad advice for those that are up and coming. And I feel like they are taking advantage of, of, of them, you know. And after a while, when you, Todd, like I've seen this many times, when you are vocal online, people are like, oh, you know, it's, it's those uh, older podcasters that are complaining and this and this and that, right? But here's the thing. Mm -hmm. Yes, we're old, but it's like we've been through it. We've seen it all. We've seen the bad, the good, and we're just giving advice, you know, and we want our industry to grow even better. You know, hey, Todd, I'm not saying that we're perfect or anything like that, you know, but hey, just listen. Let's have a conversation. It's I, not about an agenda or anything like that. I had to know? take a break, Danny, because it felt... I just made a decision. You can't save them all. And yeah, you can. so I made a decision to pull back a lot out of social media because you not criticize, but give advice, even though it's good advice, then you turn into be this old asshole. And so it's, you know, so for me, I had to just pull back and it, you know, and it, and I, we hired a social media person that was doing all the social media stuff. And, um, but yeah, it's hard because I want to be in there in the fight. You know, I want to tell them why you shouldn't do that. I don't care. You know, again, many times yeah. it's not who you host with. It's what, you know, this is my problem. Yeah. Give you an answer. And so. Well, and I also uh, want to foster new leaders in the industry yeah. too. I mean, and, and we want these new leaders to, to have the appropriate knowledge and have that experience that they can share with others too. So I think growing the base of 
new experienced younger leaders in the industry is important as well. Cause you know, us three are not going to be around forever and this industry is going to continue beyond our, our generation. Right. So, you know, who's up and coming. And I think about that a lot is that who, who are the leaders that are being fostered right now that five years from now can, can do the right thing in this medium or, I mean, I'm, I'm struggling to see who that is right now. And I guess I'm, I, I'm, maybe well, that's a wrong well, observation. Rob, what but, we're seeing is, is each, because we're getting so big is right. there, you know, we used to go to conferences and we all say, Hey, high five each other and you know, have a beer in the counter. But right. now I see 25, 30, 40 people that I've known over the years. And then everyone else is like, who, who are you? And so what, right. what, what, what I've seen is clusters and there's usually a cluster of content creators that are on a certain topic. And there's usually, I wouldn't say a kingmaker in there, but there's usually someone that is kind of like the, but what most of those people follow and the, and the philosophy of it is, and, and, and I'm not against saying that there's new ways to do things. Cause I, you know, I'm not, an, yeah. I want to be an old dog and I want to be taught new tricks. You know, I want to be able to learn new, yeah. new angles. Um, well, that's but, why we're still involved in this medium is that we have been able to adapt, um, and improve and get better or else we wouldn't be still doing what we're doing. But, um, I just want to see, you know, it, it's been something that I've, I'm really happy to see when I see someone that, you know, that I knew five years ago that was just getting started in this medium and has achieved success in this medium and is, is also out there sharing with others and helping others too, you know, and that's, that's what, you know, Danny's done a terrific job of because he was one of the early ones that have done that. But, you know, where are we seeing the new Danny's come up? I mean, I mean, are you guys seeing them out there? And I, I've been seeing it in, in, in our industry, in the, in the video game side, right? Like, yes, I attend events and I go to these other events and I'm like, wow, I'm, I, I'm like the oldest person in this right. crowd, you know? But here's the beauty part, man. Like, I, I feel like, yes, we need, we need that, new, that new blood in our industry because I want to get motivated again, man. I want to, to see stuff that maybe will help me to come up with new ideas because this this person that just right. started you know, recently or something that, man, it worked out for them. And I'm like, man, I, could, I probably could change it up and do it this way. Like, it's okay. You know, I, mm-hmm. I want that, you know. But once we have new people and they're following the same, same folks that are just giving bad advice every single time and then everybody start copying uh, because th- so-and-so is popular. Yeah. Let me change my podcast yeah. similar to their show. Because maybe that's going to help me pump, pump up in the in the search engine, and it's like, how's that helping? You're you're copying. How's that? How's that helping you? And how's that going to help our industry? But if you start doing new things that nobody's doing, I think that's to me that's that's powerful. I'm like, wow, I want to do the same. Right. You know, I want to do something different and cool like that, man. Something new, you know. So right. I want to see more. You know, I and I think too is. And I'm trying to keep my train of thought here because you just said something uh, pretty profound. I, I, okay, so I do it, up to five podcaster consults a week, and it's uh, 30 minutes each. I don't always do five. Sometimes it's one. Sometimes it's two. Sometimes it's mm-hmm. five. And um, the question I always end most of those consult calls with is, who 
are you listening to? What podcast in your genre are you listening to? And 9.9% out of 10 times, they're listening to no one in their genre. They're not listening to the top 10 or top 15 shows. And to me, I'm like, if I want to get better, I am going to listen to who's on top of the game and I am going to copy, steal, adapt. You know, I am going to take a piece from every one of those and I'm going to put those into my show because obviously what they're doing is right. It's working. Now, maybe a person still doesn't have a good personality. You know, you know, maybe that's the case, you know, but if, if I'm the guy that or gal that's trying to build a show, I'm listening. I listen in my, I listen to a hundred new podcasts, uh, about every two to three weeks now, but I have a core list of top shows in the tech space and the podcasting space that I listen to religiously. And I cringe through them and cuss and swear. And I'm like, calling out BS or whatever, whenever I hear that, but I'm taking away things that they're doing and, and, you know, maybe bring it, this show, bring it to the other one. No, yeah, I, I think I, that I one to, of the I things to. that's happened because of COVID is I think that the, the podcast community has gotten a little weaker, um, because of this, because people are not getting together, um, uh, quite as much, you know, it's been happening. Danny, Danny, you were on the call yesterday, um, with Chris from PodFest. Um, and that group call that we did, um, that's one of the rare examples of, um, the, the podcast community kind of getting together. Um, you know, it, it's, we're so separate from each other now. Um, and, and, and I think that, that hurts, that hurts the industry. I think as you look to the future, because the interpersonal sharing that goes on at podcast movement and the, these events is core to the proper development of this industry. Man, you know, I'm very surprised you said that, Rob. I, I, because you know, this past year, I haven't really been focused so much on the podcast industry. I was more of like, okay, I'm busy. I'm busy with, with my show. You know? Right, so, right. Here I'll be reading, but here's the thing: out of the 16 years, 2020 was the year that we were like the most busiest, and we didn't go to any event at all for us. You mm-hmm. know, and the reason is. We were just constantly just being busy, creating content, doing a lot of interviews, uh, doing stuff for, for other uh, yeah. TV networks and so on. Yeah. And it was the busiest year for us. So when you said that, that's kind of disappointing seeing that, man, because now it seems like a lot of people just gave up because they don't see, re- they don't see results. They're not going to events. It's, it's pretty sad to hear that, man. Well, think- it is. You know, it's. It's one of those things that, you know, there's a lot of new pockets and this is what I've seen at clubhouse, um, in there, there, there's a lot of creators that have jumped into podcasting and they really have no buddy to go to, to talk to about what they're doing. Right. So they're out there flailing. They're talking to other people that are new too, that don't really know anything either. Um, and that th- those are the opportunities that I'm seeing you know, when I get into clubhouse and get involved in that and have a session or something like that, you know, I'm able to really share, um, fundamentals about this industry that people are like, I'm amazed by the response that people have. (laughs) It's like, wow, I haven't heard any of this before. I didn't even know that. Right. Just, just this constant astonishment that there's, 
so much depth of understanding and, and, um, clarity on what this medium is all about. And there's just a lot of people that are new to it that just don't, that they're not getting it from their environment right now. I think also too, you know, Danny, you mentioned people quitting and that kind of struck me like, wow, because the, what we've seen is especially in the early days of COVID, it was just like everyone started a second or third show. Companies were jumping in and I'm thinking to myself all along, this is great. You know, we're seeing, you know, the company seeing good growth. We're doing well. Podcasting space is growing. But in the back of my head, I'm thinking, what happens when they go back to the office? Now they've got three hour commute again or two hour and kids in soccer and whatever else going on. Will all those shows that were started while we're all essentially locked up fade uh, out, fade out. Will those be gone? And will we see a, a you know, essentially a podcast recession? And I I think we will. Um, But again, it might not happen until August or September of this year. When people are finally- well, Todd, um, AdsWiz put out some insights on on some research that they had they had done. I don't know if you saw this or not, but there there were some slides that they pulled together. Um, basically, one of them I wanted to mention here is staying home may mean more free time to invest in creative endeavors. Right? Okay, so I'm setting the the, the stage here. What's the percentage of creators that are either launching more episodes with what they're doing? Uh, or um, they're keeping their productions about the same. So about 36% of creators are launching more episodes as they look to 2021. Uh, 48% of creators are keeping their podcast productions about the same, and 16% are planning on scaling back to fewer episodes. So based on this research, um, and then – it says uh, 65% of creators have found more listeners uh, since March of 2020. Uh, 26% um, have had their listener counts remain the same, and um, 9% have lost listeners. So, you know, th- those are all, I think, positive trend lines. Uh, I can just look at it from the total statistic standpoint of what we measure and how we're adding people on the multiples of let's say hundreds of millions of downloads have increased dramatically this year. So there is definitely mm-hmm. more people listening um, right. by far than we probably have ever seen in the space. But at the same time, I wish I could have had an, uh, another question added to that poll. What happens when you go back to work? Well, not everyone, you know, those that can work at home are working at home and some people can't work at all, but what right. happens when you go and back they're to back on the road commuting or whatever, right? right? Then, yeah. you know, like you used to do, you used right. to create content while you're driving down the freeway. Yeah. <laughs> Literally spending three hours a day in my car. It was hell on earth. So my Danny, my commute now is 11 minutes at 70 miles an hour. It's a beautiful thing. Hey guys, <laughs> you know, I noticed about 2020 is it's all about the content. And True. The reason why I say that is because pre pre quarantine people had, Expensive equipment, you know, uh, expensive uh, uh, recording equipment, video and audio. Right? As soon quarantine started, <laughs> you see all these t- see all these TV networks like they don't even care if it's just a webcam right. or whatever. We need the content. So hey, use your phone, use your cheap webcam, use your built-in mic. Let's have a conversation. We're gonna put it on on all these networks. Uh, uh, 
you know, ABC, CBS, and all these other places, CNN, and all that, right? And that's all. And they figure it out. They they managed to do that throughout the whole year. And and guess what? Everybody was watching the news. Everybody was watching that network. It didn't it didn't matter if it was like the crappiest webcam. Well, they interview someone. It worked. It worked. They had great conversations, and and I think I think we have to start getting better on creating the, the a better content than just investing so much on on equipment and and not having the content because you could have you could have the best mics, best cameras, best everything, but if your content sucks, yep. people got to move on <laughs> to somebody. But but you know what's funny though is Rob and I joked about this quite a bit because we were seeing all these guys with you know people showing their underwear because they didn't have pants on and all this stuff that happened you know that was you know on t- they, they've gotten better if you've noticed the quality has gotten they better. have gotten a lot better but yeah. you and i rob we were, we were laughing early i'm like hey this is like we're good we, we've been doing this for a while it's not like you know we, we look better than most you know most television stations at the moment so right. uh yeah they did they yeah did i mean because it it really made uh, mainstream media to be like us, right? <laughs> it did, I mean, it did. I mean, it, I mean, here we are striving to be like them, right? Right, and all of a sudden now they're 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 like us, and and I I did have a reaction here with my own studios. I I upgraded what yep. I was doing yep. to come a little closer to where I think I thought ultimately they were going to come back to, and that's what's happened. If you look at you know a lot of the big channels uh, or the big mainstream media channels, a lot of their guests that they're bringing in now um, have professional looking backgrounds now. Have you noticed that? And the cameras have gotten good and their lighting is looking good and they're all wearing lavaliers now. Um, instead of, I mean, in the early days, like you were saying, Danny, they were like talking into their, their, their Mac, you know, and it was like, I mean, it was decent video, but the, the backgrounds were a little weird and, and the lighting was all off and they were like, you know, paled out and stuff like that. But now they're all looking, you know, sharp. They got the the green screens and all this stuff going on right now. So it's, it's definitely, um, cause that's the standard of mainstream media, right? They they want to have that polished look. But at the same uh, time, <laughs> at the same time, I may be the exception, but. I, right. I I do not consume mainstream media. I feel my blood pressure, my anxiety, everything going up. So it's just right. easier That's to, true. to. I saw a Facebook post the other day. Someone said, um, "It happened. To, it, there was two guys in a hospital room, <laughs> and right. and uh, the guy that was making the comment on Facebook was a was a staunch conservative guy, and his roommate was a." a was a hardcore Democrat and he was playing MSNBC for three days straight, 24 seven. The guy said, I just want to shoot the television, you know, but you know, so it's kind of right. like that. Right. But mainstream right. media, I, I, I've, I think podcasting, you know, Danny, maybe you can weigh in here, be, but I think podcasting is the last bastion of free speech because we control our brands. We control our websites. We can, we can, huh put out the content and it doesn't necessarily, and maybe it's not free speech, but independent, independent content. I think it's all going to be King. I think this space is going to be King because there's, while there's gatekeepers, well, you can be delisted or deplatformed on stuff. You still can stay online and, and put your content out and not worry about, you know, being right. removed from an app or something. I, I don't know. What, what's your thoughts on that? 
you know what? I always mention this uh, on on our show and on Twitter. I notice that a lot of people depend so much on the platform, right? Instead, their content or the community. Like, look, if you let's say, let's say you exclusively just posting stuff on on Apple Podcasts, right? Let's just make believe. Imagine uh, you have to go somewhere else. If your community are fans of you and they trust your your opinion, they trust, they just love your content, they're going to follow you. It doesn't matter where you're going to go. You know, so like I noticed, especially in the gaming world, people will post uh, only stuff like on YouTube, 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 right? And stream over there. And then, hey, you know what? I'm going to Twitch now. Forget about YouTube. And they are sometimes a lot of people are afraid to do that because like, oh no, because I depend so much on YouTube. Are, are, is my is my community going to go? Are the, my community going to go to to also Twitch because I moved, or are they just going to stop listening or watching my show because of, because they prefer YouTube? So yeah, you're going to get a small percentage of the crowd that maybe they just love YouTube and don't like Twitch. But I feel at the end of the day, it's all about your community and your content. They're going to follow you work no matter no matter what, even if you don't have iTunes. Mm-hmm don't have Spotify, people are going to figure out a way to listen to your show because they just love your content. You know, so like before for me back in the early days, I had to depend on people going to our website to listen to our show instead of third party apps, you know, because at that time it was super confusing to just download a podcast. You know, you had to be really hardcore fan of podcasts at that time. In order for you to download podcasts, but if you make it easier for people to find you and go to the website and to just stream from there, hey, that's fine. That you know, it's just it's just that, Todd. I think people are depending so much on the platform, man. So, it, yeah. And I'm becoming more and more anti-platform, and because I can, well, I've always been, you know, Moonbase Alpha. Where's Moonbase Alpha? Geeknewcentral.com. Where's Moonbase Alpha? New media show. This is where. This show lives and originates. Yeah, I want if if you want to listen on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, Google, but where you want to listen, tune in. I don't care where you listen, but yeah, I think you're right. I think if they want to listen to you, that they will. Yeah, quit worrying about the platform. I I think one gal said something the other day that triggered me, and I I, I honestly I hate that word, but I'll say it because it did trigger me. And she said, uh, um, well, I'm on. Anchor and I'm on Spotify. I'm good. Where else do I need to be? And of course, there was like 800 comment section below that because people were, and I'm glad they waited and said, well, why aren't you on Apple Podcasts? Or why aren't you on Google Podcasts? Or why aren't you on Stitcher? And, you know, and, uh, but that, that podcaster was just fine being on Spotify. But I guess if her audience is, that's where her audience is, maybe she's okay. But well, Todd, if she's doing a music show, she's not going to be anywhere else. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. I don't think she was right? doing a music show. But, yeah, yeah. But, but this show is not. Yeah. This show is not consumed on Spotify. But it's not the demographic for us for, for a show yeah. that's on Spotify. You're, I'm sure your show does great on Spotify, Danny. Yeah. So, do you, how do you guys do on Spotify, Danny? Oh, he, I think he's we lost him. Oh yeah. Okay. Oh, okay, you're back. back. I don't know what happened there. That was strange. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, so yeah, we we have a good audience on Spotify, a, a pretty good audience, and sometimes, sometimes this is like once in a while. Sometimes we'll get more, uh, more listens there, 
than Apple Podcasts. Uh-huh. Sometimes Pod, uh, Apple Podcasts is like always number one the majority of the time, you know. So, look, mm-hmm. for me is one thing that I that have been helping us for people to find us is if let's say uh, the episode that I have is about PlayStation, let's just say, right? It's the title of it's the title of your episode that people are gonna search for that word, and it will pop up not only on the on on like the the music apps, right, or the podcast apps, but also Google. Google to us is like yeah. our best friend, man, because people will go back and listen to like older episodes based on on whatever they're searching. It will pop up, you know. So I think mm-hmm. we also have to start naming our show that relates to your episode don't put um something that only a certain amount of people will understand from 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 your co-host and everybody from the outside they're like what is how i'm gonna find your show you know so i always i always try my best to name the show depending what is like the most important topic that we have on our podcast it could be about an interview that we have it could be a topic that's how people discover us it's not because we're in the front page you know so those of you listening that have been here for a while, doesn't Danny sound like me and Rob? <laughs> he's, he, he, he gives the same advice. You know, this, this just made my whole damn day, made my whole week. <laughs> because it's like, it's like, and I, I'm not going to say I trained you because I didn't. You, you figured this out on your own, but you get it. You, you, you got it. And, Right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> More power to you. <laughs> you know, it's like, it's like, you know, it's just, I, I just, yeah. yeah. So, uh, spread the word, prosper. <laughs> and, and you know what? Any, any conferences, any podcast conferences that would like for me to speak about this in the future, hey, let me know. I'll, I'll do it. You know, I, we need, we need more people like me and like you guys that we have great knowledge about about our industry Let, let's share that to the next generation yeah. let's pass the torch man you yeah. know it's not about an agenda or anything like that you know it's, look i honestly look i wasn't even planning to be on here it was just i was talking with rob and like hey rob i would love to be on uh with you and todd man let me know he's like hey join us tomorrow I'm like all right <laughs> that's it let's, let's talk and we're, we're talking because we're so passionate about podcasting yeah. we're passionate we love our industry so much and we don't want our industry to go down because of other people are giving bad advice. Let's let's give out that uh, great advice, and slowly mm-hmm. people are going to learn more, and maybe we're going to be learning stuff too from true, other true. people that they're, they're doing new things. You know, so yeah, yeah. I mean, I learned all this on my own. I yeah. learned editing on my own. I didn't go to no school. I edited. This is how I edited back then. I was editing using two tape decks. <laughs> Pause play, pause play, and I was super good at that. That I managed to do that also for for my internet radio show back in the early days, and then I got better and better. You know, now I'm like a pro just editing, man. Like still to this day, I don't know what you guys use, but still to this day, I edit my show through GarageBand. Still to this day, and it sounds professional <laughs> as hell. You know, Danny, I don't edit. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Todd just doesn't spend the time to do that. Right? No, but take my time. Right. I take my time editing. <laughs> but you know, but you know what's interesting here is, and he, here's what 
Mike and a couple of my, I think Sean is even watching today, two of my support guys and Dave Jackson will probably weigh in the same if Dave was watching this. He'd be like, but now when I tell people what the right way is to do, they tell me I'm wrong. <laughs> so we have podcasters that call us for advice or for tech support and they say, you're wrong. That's not true. That's not right. Well, based on what? Based, on what? I, I want, I want. based usually based on bad advice they've gotten somewhere else or so, some preconceived right. idea. So, you know, then my guys are kind of like, I don't want to be an asshole. I don't want to piss them off. And so they have to kind of thread this needle to explain to them, you know, why maybe their reasoning is incorrect and maybe why this, you know, and it, it, it can run the full gambit of things. It just, it's not focused around one topic, but, um, you know, just like the other day, I had a business guy called me, called me Monday. And uh, he said, uh, I got I got this uh, advice that uh, I should have a separate website. I'm doing a show about my business, but my business has its own website. It doesn't make sense to have my business, my podcast on my business website instead of some other website. I said, yes. He said, well, I was told not to do that. So, <laughs> you know, it's just thing, little things like that that we deal with every day um, that, you know, as, as we grow this audience and this show is now over 10,000 listeners per episode, it gets as high as maybe 15, 16,000. Those of you that are listening, you need to be our warriors. And, you know, stuff that Danny says, Rob says, you need to be our warriors, the ones going out here and replicating the formula. This is what this show is for, is we're giving you a PhD in podcasting, and we want you to go out and replicate and share this with other podcasters. I yeah. wish we had this back in the days when we started. Oh. <laughs> I wish we didn't have that yeah. at all. I learned everything on my own. Like I said, yeah. I downloaded I downloaded my friend's RSS feed, I copy and paste. And I'm like, all right, let me just change it to my new show. And I was doing that every single week on Libsyn. I will upload the RSS feed every single time. Then I found out that not only not only Libsyn, but other other podcast hosts now automatically <laughs> will update, right? I wish, I wish yeah. I would learn and, and like now you look. For those who are listening right now, you have the tools. It's so much easier now to create content, right? Um, but, but the best advice I would say is, yes, if you want, try out you know, your anchor, whatever. I personally will not use that. But go ahead. Test it out to see how it is. But at the end of the day, don't use stuff that's all free just because it's free. Because one thing that I learned from back in the days for me is I had my show on mp3.com. And it was a lot of content that I had there, right? MP3.com ran out of money. <laughs> they shut down. And me, like an idiot, I didn't download my content and everything got erased. Extinction you know? event. And that's, right. uh, let me tell you, that hurt. I mean, thank God I still have my original recordings from the tape. But, oh, man, I lost a lot of stuff, man, you know, because I was depending so much on just free content, you know. So, mm -hmm. look, if you want to use free hosting, use that as more of like, Test the water to see how it is. But if you really want to take podcast series, invest on, on a podcast host. Invest on, on other tools that's going to help you to, to have your podcast even better. You know, I always tell people that, man. You know, so. Well, it's also, it's, it's really about control. I mean, you, you use something for free and, and part of the, what you pay for by using that tool is loss of control. Um, that process of making things easier comes with uh, some compromises and and that's that's the trade-off that you are making with that so you know you pay for what you get and you also get more control over what you pay for so that's 
that's the thing to think about with that. And a lot of podcasters don't think about it from that perspective. They just think, you know, it's a free way to do something. And, and they also don't value it as much at the the end of the day. too. I've done a few experiments. Um, I always go look, you know, we look at what competitors are doing. We, we Mm -hmm. all look across the space and, you know, I've got a pretty damn good spreadsheet of everything broke out, but I also have my numbers. And I know what mm-hmm. it costs to have benefits, salaries, all this stuff that goes around running a business. And when I look at competitors and I do the math, I'm like, hmm. And then I start the timer, 36 months, because I know that they're on the clock because they've got a model, a business model that um, won't scale. You it know, isn't sustainable. You you is, get a you get yeah. a you know one of those some of those hosts gets a Mark Marin type of person coming in and they have a model that is you know an all you can eat model. Um, the, all you can eat is exactly what's going to happen. That company's going to get eight, and then they're going to pull a, a stunt like some podcast host did years ago, three days before Christmas, and say we're going out of business on Christmas Day. And people are already out and 400 or 500 shows have an extinction event. They're done. They're gone. And uh, back in that day, it was very hard to recover. There was really no contacts at Apple where you could get stuff updated. Now, at least we can go in and get a a feed change through, you know, through their team over there. So shows can be recovered or something like that happen. But you still have to have your masters, just like you had to have your masters, Danny. So, and I... Not having a master's, I would have been screwed. <laughs> and I'm not, you know, I don't want to talk bad about companies, but I just, you know, I just look at the pure math and know, you know, where the end result is. But at the same time, people are, there's companies doing cool stuff right now. And we look at it and everyone else does. Yeah. And that what just makes us all competitive and keep moving the bar for it. I, I am kind of curious. Have you been following anything about what's going on with Adam Curry and Podcast Index? Have you followed any of that activity? Not I, I, I briefly, but I don't know much. Uh, much what's going on? Why? Yeah, just just curious if you had so get a time. You know, maybe check out what they're doing. They're trying to advance the space, and um, they've got you know it's it's going to be hard because there's lots of headwind. But uh, if anybody can do it, they can. So you just check out what they're doing. I, I give everyone an um, advice to do that. So yeah, we'll definitely do that. So, guys, I wanted to share one other little tidbit from this uh, AdsWiz study that came out, too. And the title of this one is Growing and Monetizing Content Are Top of Mind for Creators. And this is like a ranking chart of what people are thinking about um, about um, monetizing and, and growing their shows. And 59% of the surveys respondents said figuring out how to grow their shows. Oh, so, yeah. I think that just confirms what we already know. Everybody wants to figure out how to build their audience obviously as part of monetization, right? And about 19% said figuring out how to monetize their show was, uh, was on their minds. And it says, um, uh, of the, uh, creators surveyed who were not currently monetizing their show, only 16% said figuring out monetization kept them up at night. And those who were currently monetizing the, the monetization concern, um, kept, the 27% of them up at night. So there's a lot of worry and a lot of, um, I, I guess not understanding on how that process works. Uh, and about 11%, um, said that they would like to have their publishing process be more efficient. So Mm. I thought that was interesting. Call us. 
Um, <laughs> Rob, uh, so let's let's back up on the money numbers. So okay. what was the total percentage of people that were being kept up at night thinking about monetization? Uh, those that were already monetizing was 27%. Um, those that weren't was 16? 16. So yeah. my elementary math here, that's 43%, right? Did I get that right? Um, that we're thinking mm -hmm. about. So I've always said that 50% of the podcasting space does not care about monetization right. at all. That's exactly true, right? But 59% are concerned about how to grow their shows, which also is 40% don't care about growing their shows, right? But That's that, the inverse But that 59% are thinking to the future on if they grow their show, then uh, maybe then they can get a sponsor. become monetized. Right. Monetized. So, right. so yeah. those numbers haven't changed much throughout the years. No. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. And I, th I think that 11% is interesting too that only 11 percent um are concerned about the publishing process and how efficient it is which also i think is a good testament to what a lot of the platforms have already accomplished which is making this process relatively simple right. yeah yeah every minute I, in the way i looked at it and danny i don't know how you guys when i when i started my show i had three young kids you know, or actually two. And then a third one there for me, it was like, I got to get in, I got to get out. I need to get this thing up online. I can't spend five hours on this thing. I can, you know, I can afford four twice. You know, I, so for me, it was all about efficiency and in time and trying to get the, the most done. Now, I'm lucky now I got a guy that does the show prep for me. No, I don't even have to do show prep anymore. So it's, you know, I've gotten more time back, but, um, I think a lot of podcasters, that's what kills a lot of them too, is the time that they invest. That's why I don't edit. If I would have had to have edited a show, psh, I, I would not be here today. No, that, let me tell you, um, <laughs> for me, and this, this is one thing that kind of got me angry at, at an event. Uh, I got a, this, someone asked me about this question, but oh, multiple people always ask me this question. So back then I used to work at a uh, Dis discovery channel, Latin America in Miami. And at the same time, I was doing my show. You know, I, I love my job working over there. I love my podcast. So I was doing that for a while. And uh, I will go to events and I will speak. And one of the most common questions is like, Danny, so if your podcast is so successful, why are you still working at Discovery? You know, like, I just love TV. I love doing that, you know. So to me, the podcast was always like a side thing, you know. So so back, uh, back in 2017, I got laid off. And um, I was doing my podcast and still to this day, I'm doing it full time right now. Um, but, you know, if we don't get we, we get a lot of ads um, on our show, sometimes multiple in a week. And that's cool and all. But another thing that helped us out is speaking engagements. Like I get paid from that. I get paid on a lot of, a lot of side projects that I never even talk about. You know, so there's different ways to get money, you know. Um, if let's say you're starting to get a, an advertiser, they want to advertise on the show or something, right? Do it for cheap, for, for cheap if you want, just to start out, to, just to show people that you have a, a strong community that will buy their products or support yep. you, you know? It doesn't have to be, oh, well, I have a 1,000 or 5,000 downloads. Okay, now I'm going to charge this amount of money no matter what. Like, no, you have, to, you have to do certain things. You have to sacrifice a lot of things, man. Sometimes it could be free, sometimes mm -hmm. very low. 
And then once you start building your community, hey, charge even more, man. You know, and you don't have to do this full time. You can do this on the side and get extra income while you're doing your nine to five. You know, so yeah. Um, I think a lot of people start their show and they think, okay, I'm gonna get paid. I'm gonna get rich because my show is the best show ever. And and then once they see that they're not getting that in return, a lot of them just give up. You know. A lot of unrealistic expectations that sometimes are fed by people that have told them what's going to happen when they start a show. Well, so. a lot of a lot of people are working jobs that um, that they don't necessarily like, and and they're hoping that doing a podcast can can be something that can transform their life into something doing something that they love to do. And and I think it's a matter of aligning. I know I did that for many years when I got started in this too. I was working full-time jobs for tech startup companies when I was doing my, my radio show. Um, and so I did the same thing, Danny. I mean, I worked full time and yep. came into the studio on my lunch breaks and recorded segments. And then at the end of the week, put them all together and put out the the show every week, trying to build something to the future. I build you know? a business working full time and taking yeah. meetings during so you lunch. The same and, thing, yeah, Todd. absolutely. Right. right. You know, and, and people, often people say, how do you get so much done? I didn't sleep. <laughs> you know, I built a show. I had building a show, building right. a business raising kids and working a full-time job. So yeah. 20 hours a day was the minimum or 19. But well, and, and Gary Vaynerchuk says the same thing. If you listen to him on, on his, you know, he's talking to a lot of people these days and he's saying the same thing. You have to commit, you have to, you know, Danny did the same thing. Danny doubled down and made it happen for himself, okay. you know, in innovated and tried different things and got in, you know, and just really dedicated himself to it. And you and I both did the same thing, Todd. Maybe this is more of a universal term, but in Hawaii, it's like, when you go to eat, you're going to go grind, you know, you're going to go grind, right. have some, you know, right. but grind is what podcasting is. You know, you got to grind. I'll tell you my grind, Todd. When I started my show, I, a bunch of flyers and I, I was looking for my community i was not waiting for them to find me i will go to all the retail stores locally in miami and tell people hey listen to my internet radio show listen to my show listen to my show i never mentioned the word podcast i never mentioned about like hey right. download on, on, on your ipod because back then there was no right iphone <laughs> you know but that i was i was just grinding 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 interview people and I did that on purpose because I knew they were gonna mention to others, "Hey, so and so interviewed me. I'm in this show. Let, let's 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 check it out." You know, so that's how I got the word out, and it was local. It wasn't trying to right. promote my show nationally. I was like, "No, let me talk to my community locally, and they are gonna spread the word to other people, to their friends, to their cousins, family members, everywhere worldwide. It's gonna go out there." And that's how I managed to get the word out about our show. Because I was grinding. I was not right. like, here's the show and that's it. Which a lot of people do. A lot. They release their spam all over social media. And that's it. They sit down and just wait to see if it's going to blow up. No, you got to grind. That's just the beginning. That's the beginning. And you got to grind. You know, I, I, I tell podcasters, mm -hmm. and, and actually this is, a, I've been told that I shouldn't give this advice anymore. But I tell them, you got to do two years nonstop. No breaks. No breaks. You want to build a show? Two years, two years of, if, if you are, if you are a celebrity, no, you don't have to do that for two years. You're already a celebrity. You already got mass. Of course, most right. celebrity shows suck anyway, but 
um, <laughs> you have to do the grind because you. When I started this, I was a poor piss ass blogger. My my, I was a bad blogger. Maybe three hundred a week would come read the website. So, who was I? Nobody. Zero. I had zero. There was no. There was no Twitter. No Facebook. You know, none of that existed. So the only way you could get exposure was to grind and be involved in communities. I think we all get that. I, I this, you know, the three of us do. I know some people that are listening yeah. to the show understand this, but um, if you're a new podcaster, you got to grind. I mean, that's why I got involved in radio in the early days. That was the only way to reach people back then. Yeah. To try and transition them over to a digital content product. So we, that's how I looked at it. I looked at it from a marketing perspective. So we're, we're over time already. We are. Yeah. I know. We've been 90 minutes. This is good. We go five hours. Danny, uh, <laughs> we're not going to do five hours. We're not Adam Curry. Um, Danny, I guess the best thing is where, you know, I know everyone is a gamer. I'm not. Cause if I start gaming, I would not get anything else done. So I purposely don't game. Because I know my, it's probably like, if, if I started doing drugs, I'd probably be a drug addict. It's just because it's one of those, you know, compulsive, you know. But anyway, Danny, where can they find uh, Gamer Tag Radio? You can find us on any podcast app. Just search for Gamer Tag Radio. You can search us also on Google, like we're everywhere. So, um, and we release two episodes every week. And you can follow me on Twitter. I'm, I'm very vocal there than any other <laughs> social media outlet. So, um uh, Godfrey, uh, G-O-D-F-R-E-E, I'm there. And uh, yeah, you know, if you're, you know, Spanish, you might see me here and there throughout the year on Telemundo. I'm going to be creating more content for them uh, from the gaming side. So I, I'm excited for that. So I can't wait. And next month is our 16th anniversary. So I'm working on a, on a pretty cool guest to be on our show. Awesome. I can't wait to announce that in the future. So I've been working on that for a year. I've been seeing you hint it for a while. So I hope it comes through for you. So if they want to, if you know, there's a lot of podcasters there listening. If they want some consulting service, sounds like you're doing that. What's the, is there a good way just reach out on Twitter or what? Yeah, just search, um, hit me up on Twitter. I'm, I'm always there. I'm very, I'm, I always engage with people, man. So, and um, if, yeah, if you want to listen to our show, you can email us because we always have this segment. And, or uh, we, sometimes we do a whole full episodes of just answering questions from people that are, are casual gamers, hardcore gamers. You know, we talk about the industry business. And you can hit me up through that too, man, on uh, Gamer Tag Radio. And yeah, we'll, we'll try my, I'll try my best to contact you and reply. So there you go. Danny, thanks for coming on. The last appearance was February 3rd, 2018. That's when you were on last with us. Oh, yeah. yeah. So that was, yeah. that was a promotion that was documentary. Episode 198. I looked it up when we started. So uh, very, very, I had more hair then. Very, very cool. Uh, <laughs> I joined you. I joined you in, uh, in, in doing the, uh, you know, the bald thing. So it was all because of COVID because I couldn't give myself a good haircut. It ended up being all jacked up. So I said, forget it. There's not much hair left. Let's just take it off. Hey, so. hey look, looking younger right there. Man. <laughs> just get to get Rob to join us. But Rob's got a good head of hair yet. So I maybe. Yeah, I'm not going to be shaving anytime yeah, soon. Why not, Rob? Come on. Come on. Give it a season. See how it works. <laughs> We can all join the party. Well, I thought that there was a specific party for that, right? There is actually, I think, right? So, okay. but anyway, yeah. <laughs> all right. So, uh, but, I'm Todd. But yeah, I can be found on, on okay. Twitter as well at Rob Greenlee. And you can send me an email, Rob, um, G at lipson.com. And, um, no, 
it's been a great conversation, Danny. Yes, um, yes. I'm, I'm glad that uh, we were able to talk about something more positive other than some of the things that happened uh, this past week. <laughs> so that's good. Yep, absolutely. Todd at Blueberry.com or at Geek News on Twitter. And uh, thanks for being here. We'll be back with you on Wednesday at 3 o'clock Eastern, 12 Pacific. So if you join us, if you don't have nothing to do, if you're bored, on, if, you've, if, if you're done with Zoom meetings for the day on Wednesday, come join us. Right. And uh, anyway, you can find us on all the different places. If you're not subscribed, well, go over to newmeshow.com and hit the subscribe button. Danny's also doing two episodes a week, just like we are. And it's obviously working for him. So I guess we're going to continue with that. Right. Yeah. For now I I'm up to five episodes a week about what I'm doing. So it's, it, it's yeah, a lot. Todd. It's a lot. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> people, people start getting sick of seeing our ugly mugs. So we'll know when the subscription numbers go down, it's time to go back to one episode. But So the numbers are still going up for the, us the, doing this the, twice a week. You know, the staying, as as yeah. They're staying it's, steady. It's pretty consistent. Yeah. 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 Okay. All right, yeah. everybody. We'll see you next Wednesday on the new Me Show. Everyone take care. We'll see you next All time. All right, Dan. Thanks, Dan. Thanks. Thanks, yeah. Tom. Take care. Bye. Bye-bye.